and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It's time for another team season preview, and this time it's a turn of the Houston Texans. Now with me, I've got a returning guest. He came on for last year's special. With me today, back with us today, is Graham Henderson, otherwise known as the Kilted Texan. How are you? I'm doing fine, Andy. How's you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. It was nice to um, meet you in person for the first time in Houston uh, last year, which is, albeit a short amount of time, but it was still great to um, great to meet you in person for the first time. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was funny how how we picked, well you picked them out in the crowd, you know, because it was quite dark when we left that that uh, late night game. So of all the places to meet you, you know, just in the as the, as everyone's flying out of the place, you know, trying to get up the road. But it was good. No, it was it was really, it was a pleasure to meet you. You know, in person. You know, we obviously spoke plenty on uh, socials and stuff. But it's always nice to meet people face to face. Yeah, because I remember we had a plan to meet. I think it was before the game, right? And then um, for yeah. one reason or another, I think because you met, you got access to the. I believe it was because you got access to the front of the on pip side. Um, yeah. Uh, so obviously there, and I was like, absolutely fair enough. Uh, you go and do that, and then yeah, it was so random that out of nowhere. I'm walking with my friend Jack, and literally, I just, I just see you in the corner of my eye. I'm like, it's Graham. Let's just go and speak to him. Yeah, I know. I was, I was very fortunate at that game to, to be able to, to get pitch side during warm ups. Uh, see the, the start of the Thursday night, um, coverage. You know, with like Fitzpatrick and everything, and it, it was quite all access. You know, you got really close and stuff. So, as much as I wanted to meet you beforehand, when these opportunities come up, you've kind of got to. To, to roll with it and go yeah, with it. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I'm sure if I was in Miami due to meet you and then someone goes, right, you got a chance to be next to you know Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill, I think I would I would, I would do the same <laughs> thing if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't blame you. Yeah. I mean it was um I enjoyed it though. I mean, as you were saying, I've mentioned this before in, in the podcast since that because of the World Series being on that same evening in the same area, um I think it would have been, I think there were quite a few empty seats, but I still loved yeah. my experience at the stadium and it, what a stadium that is. And it's, I found it really easy to get to in terms of like, there's some I went to, I went to obviously a lot of stadiums last year and there's quite a few like Green Bay, for example, where it was a nightmare to get to transport wise. Yeah. Uh, whereas t- the, obviously you, we got a subway most days from where we were staying in Airbnb and we passed the stadium every day. And, you know, you could really get there quite easily from, from this, from this, from downtown, and it's just I found it very easy to get out as well. In terms of the station was right next to the stadium, there's no massive walk to get to the, the train or whatever. Yeah, I found it really good for um just Houston in general. Apart from maybe my journey to the space center, overall quite a good place Houston for for traveling around. Yeah, you can get around it quite easily with all the beltways and stuff. You know, a lot of ring roads and yeah, that the metro the way it just pulls up on Fannin, you know, just the next street along. And that's like the back of the tailgating area, so it's it's not a it's not a problem to get there. And I think you were lucky as well seeing the stadium. I I really like the night games at NRG. I think the way it lights up inside really adds to you know it might look a bit older outside now, but certainly inside it still feels very modern uh, when it comes to like how the pitch looks and how they light it and they're continually adding to the stadium. So yeah, it's still my home from home and. You know, I get that goosebumps every time I walk out and, and and see it. So, yeah, amazing. I mean, I'm said before. I'm it's no secret that I I much prefer day games in terms of 
Um, I, I, I'm more of a morning person anyway, but I think for that mm-hmm. stage and being like an indoor kind of domey sort of feel to it, it probably is better to do the night time. I think there's some stadiums where that wasn't the case, like Soldier Field and uh, Bang America Stadium would be way better to look at in the daytime because you get all the all the architecture view, you get all the skyline. Yeah. But obviously, in this case, because it's got a it's got a tractor roof, is that right? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does open. A lot of people tell you it won't, but it does open. Um, they, they, I think it's mostly shut just to keep the heat out. You know, I think one uh, season opener, they actually had it open. There was a lot of people suffering from heat stroke, and that just with that Texas heat in, in September, it's it's brutal, absolutely brutal still. So, um, it is better closed. You get that nice air corny feel to it, so it keeps everyone and check but it does open and and it is quite cool to see it open on a nice like december day uh just adds to a different element to it but i'd agree with you those kind of stadiums at night certainly suit it being domey and being enclosed compared to the the open stadiums they need daylight i think yeah and the same thing applies to speaking of texas when i went to the dallas cowboy stadium at&t um that was the same case where you know it's all domed anyway it doesn't really matter whether it's in day or night but I think it was some like I went to Tennessee in the daytime that would have been way worse than nighttime because again you get that architecture and the same thing with mm-hmm. US Bank Stadium so I think it depends on the stadium but I think for that one there I think it doesn't matter either way and I think it probably was nicer going in, in nighttime as well because there was quite a few things going on in the daytime we did the tailgate and stuff outside the stadium like the public you know you do the 40 yard dash you can th- try and throw into holes you can do like the can't think it was cool now when you run in those little steps and then, yeah it, it was really fun and I'm I know my mate my mate Jack enjoyed it as well so it was um it was a great experience going to there for the first time yeah they they offer that, that I think that it's like a combine esque kind of thing and uh, they are every every game you know they've, they've got loads on for fans to interact with before every game it's not just about the tailgating element they do have like fan orientated things to do that if you're if drinking is not your thing if like eating lots of food at the barbecues and stuff isn't your thing. There is other things to keep you entertained before you actually go in. So, yeah, it's got a good mix. I'm obviously biased, of course, but um, but there is other stadiums I've been to that do similar kind of things. They've got different things, like the Buccaneer Stadium. I quite liked how they've got, like, that beachy kind of area outside the front, you know. It's just all-inclusive and, and, and makes you feel like there's more to, to the day than just, just the football. So, yeah, there's a few of them got it right. Yeah, I agree. And I I believe, I believe I got, I think it was five minutes, 5.4. Since I think it was a 5.40, my own 40-odd dash time. So I think I'm pretty happy with that. Not too far from Tom Brady, so I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've never I've never given it a go, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to like maybe ditch the kilt one day and just go for it. Uh. Definitely, definitely. Wearing the kilt sort of does in sort of, it is sort of, I think you have to wear it because it's part of your who you are and sort of your 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 name on Twitter. But I think definitely give it a go, and I want to see whether you get quicker or fat, quicker or slower than me. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'm up for the challenge. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll organise some sort of some sort of forfeit as well for the loser. <laughs> yeah, we could have a Top Gear esque style like fastest time board. Yeah, start yeah. to appear. You know how everyone does in the dash. Yeah, <laughs> and across the pod leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> Class. Um, 
Right, let's head to the off-season as a whole. Quite a busy one, quite a lot happening in the off-season. Um, the main outs include the likes of Mario Addison, defensive end. Now, if anyone has, I have missed out, do let me know. Uh, you've traded away Brandon Cooks, your wide receiver to Dallas Cowboys. Other players I've left in free agency include tackle Greg Little, cornerback Kendall Sheffield, inside linebacker Jermaine Carter and centre Justin Britt. And then there were, there were a lot of ins in Houston this offseason. Um, that's just free agency alone. I mean, you've got Sheldon Rankings in, defensive tackle, offensive guard Jack Mason, cornerback Jimmy Ward and Shaquille Griffin, running back uh, Mike Boone and Devin Singletary, uh, linebackers including Corey Littleton and Denzel Perryman, uh, wide receiver Robert Woods came in, um, and Noah Brown as well, as well as defensive end Chase Winovich and tight end Dalton Schultz. And in the draft, he took CJ Stroud second overall, the quarterback out of Ohio State, and then you shocked everyone by trading up to the third overall pick with the Cardinals, I believe it was, to take Will Anderson, linebacker, out of uh, out of Alabama. And other ones, there was nine total draft picks, and as well as that, there was a uh, center from Penn State, Juice Scruggs, which has taken 62nd overall. What a cool name that is. Um, yep. Overall for you, uh, in terms of the ins and outs, player-wise, Graham, your thoughts on the off-season for your team? I, I think... After the season again, there has to be that that call. There has to be that clear out. You know, new head coach, and he's obviously going to have his own ideas of what he wants to build and make this like the team's identity. So, uh, not surprised that some of the 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 folk exiting there. Brandon Cooks, yeah, he obviously wasn't happy through the season. I think they tried to get a trade done earlier on in the year, didn't really come to much. So, not surprised to see him go, but. You know, there's no one that left that I was overly, like, I'm not going to lose any sleep on. You know, it's it's that kind of season again. Especially with, like, the, the, the Texans over the last few seasons for me have, have kind of disappointed the fan base a little bit. Uh, there's been a lot of, like, angry retorts and stuff. Like, if you look at social media, it's, it's a lot of negativity. But I think that they've started to listen now to the fan base and by going out and getting D'Amico Ryans was like a statement for me for for like where the franchise wants to be you know you've seen what he was doing in San Francisco and because he's a, a former Texan what what better way than to win over like uh, like a, a disgruntled fan base then when you seen what they did in the draft, yeah, they picked this like the, the best quarterback that was left on the board. But I was I personally was so shocked when we moved back up uh, and took Will Anderson Jr. because that's something we don't do. Like for me, that's an aggressive draft move for us. But obviously D'Amico wanted his guy as well. It was almost like Nick was like, We need the, we need the franchise QB. Or potential franchise QB because you, you're you're never sure. But then D'Amico being so defensively minded was like, well, we've not been disruptive enough in the defensive side of the ball, so we've got to go out and make a splash on there as well. And after I seen that two picks go in, like the fan the fan base for me just flipped. Obviously, you're going to have guys you see overpaying stuff, but that's a statement from the Texans that things are changing and, and they're going. You know, they're, they're really looking to build on the future. A lot of young guys coming in. 
a couple of roadmen brought in in free agency, you know, just to, which isn't bad because you've got to learn off of these guys. But I was, you know, it was it was kind of it was kind of cool this off season, you know, seeing all the moves happening and obviously bringing in a lot of guys, you know, casting the net wide on who you're bringing in on free agents and stuff, and seeing who sticks because that's sometimes what you've got to do when when you're in the position that we've been in in the last couple of seasons you know we've had a lot of guys who are maybe average at best on most rosters but those were like our guys who were starters so I, i'm really I'm, I'm encouraged about what I'm, what i've seen on those moves now we've got to translate that to the field nothing screams aggression more than what they did with will anderson i mean from all People, I don't watch college football enough, but from everyone's told me he was the best player in the draft. And I think that, yeah, you could have had a, a draft pick next year, but if there's someone that your head coach likes, I think, especially a first year head coach, they're going to want someone in there with them that they can have for their whole time there. And I think getting him in shows him that it's his guy and they can almost work together from the start and be there from the start together. So I think that was really important because you just don't know who's available next year. And of course, it all depends on, you know, You'd have had a, you could have had a good season this year anyway, or vice versa with the Cardinals pick. So uh, there's no guarantee you'd have that higher pick next year. So I think it was your one chance, I think, to get to get that high pick, and I think that was your, that was a perfect chance. And you know, D'Amico Ryan's has a good reputation. You know, he um, was defensive coordinator for two seasons with the 49ers, and in 2021 they were you were third best team in the league for yards allowed per game. And last season with him as DC, you were the best for that. So it shows what kind of capabilities he's got. I mean, back-to-back energy championship games, um, where a lot of it was down to their defense winning them games, way more so than Jimmy Garoppolo was doing. So it just shows the kind of job he's done as DC. Now, we all know that doesn't automatically translate to being a good head coach. We've seen plenty of good OCs and good DCs come into the league, probably more so particularly OCs. Um, Actually, maybe both, I don't know. But either way, a lot of people come in as coordinators. It doesn't always work out. So there's a guarantee that he... There's no guarantee he will come in and automatically be be the guy. But from everything you've seen in the 49ers and the start he's made, we saw with Dan Campbell when he first came to the Lions, getting Penny Sewell, um, or was it Brad Holmes, a GM one or two, and their first um, their first draft went out and got someone like Penny Sewell. And I think if you want, I think it's really good to see early on when a, when a coach does that. And I think it's really encouraging for you guys to have your, basically the cornerstone, hopefully of your offense and your defense, both taken straight away. Cause now if CJ yeah. works out, I mean, he was my favorite fullback to watch out of all the ones when I watch YouTube highlights, I liked him more than Bryce Young if I'm on disease. So if CJ Stroud does become the callback that he was in a higher state, um, and also Will Anderson becomes the defensive player we all saw in Alabama, and hopefully you'll see in the NFL. And I think you guys have got literally the spine of your both sides of the ball there. And I think that's really good to see. But of course, it's Mika Ryan's first year. And not many rookie head coaches make the playoffs in their first year. And I don't believe for a second yeah. that's what you guys are aspiring to in the first year. But just what are you hoping for from Mika Ryan in terms of what you can bring to the team and what, what kind of season you can have in 2023? I think I'm looking for him to bring the, the leadership that he, he used to bring as a player. You know, it's almost like, just um, calm in the waters of the Texans just now, you know, come in and be consistent, you know, just play good football consistently. You know, last season there was ups and downs, highs and lows, spells of good stuff. And then there was some, uh, there was some terrible, terrible football. And 
And I know that's not just down to one man. That's down to like the team not being very cohesive at times. But I'm hoping he can come in here and bring his. He, he's like from what I've seen of him on in the practice and you know training camp, he brings a lot of energy as well. Like players seem to gravitate to him. You know, like they did when he when he was actually pulling on the fifty nine for the Texans. You know, he he's a leader of men. I, I believe he was he was captain when he played for us. You know, he's a two time Pro Bowler, all team. I think he was defensive rookie of the year his first year. So that to me screams about what credentials he can bring to the team. You know, he's used to competing at a high level. And even if that can transition to some of his players, that'll be fantastic. You know, I'm just looking for us to make a little step up from last year by playing good, consistent football that people want to watch. And then what you find is when teams start to turn the corner on that, better free agents want to come to you. You know, you, you, you become more appealing. And and I think that's the step that the Texans need to be. I think we've been one of those teams that players on free agency, even if they were getting paid the money, they don't really want to come to us because they can't see where the franchise is going. But I think now with, with the moves we've made and the statement draft picks, I think they can see that now. And D'Amico Ryans is a guy that people can get behind. You know, the noise, no nonsense and stuff. So that really, for me, is where I want to see the team going now, just by playing good, consistent football that makes other, like, better free agents and stuff want to come. And you can build on these these blocks and you can just make a better franchise, you know? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that Houston... Have that luxury that it is quite a desirable place to go. I mean, you've got the heat, and Texas in general is some a place that people like to go to. I think you know, other ones like you know, Detroit probably suffers a lot with that. You don't want to live in Detroit, if I'm honest, and there's other ones, but I think Texas, Texas in general draws people in. And I think that you know, you guys again, if you're winning games, I think um, that will really help. And I think that's why back in the day, Lamy Tunsil went to you guys because. Um, you know, you guys were a team. I know you tr- you traded for him, but I think he was one of the best players at the time in his position. And I think for him to want to go to you guys as well just shows when you were winning games back with Hugh Shall Not Be Named and DeAndre Hopkins and JJ Watt were all there. You know, it was a team that I certainly I enjoyed watching it. I had a little soft spot for the Texans back in the day. That sort of era of the year where you did lose the Chiefs in the division round. That was a team that I really got behind. You know, I loved. Watson when he did play and he's one of my favorite quarterbacks he was until early 2020 and you know I what is one of the best players I've seen defensively ever I know Hopkins is one of the best was was the best receiver at the time I think back when you were winning it was exciting to watch and I actually look forward every weekend to watching you guys play especially when my team were doing so badly it was a sort of team that I was sort of almost looking to watch to, to make up for the fact that I was watching my team being so bad and it's um yeah so I think if you guys can get back to that I think you will draw more players in and therefore it will um get better but of course that all hinges on CJ Stroud and whether he is the guy and that's really my next point because it is only preseason granted just two games but I must admit he looked pretty bad in those two games but what's your thoughts been on his start to life in preseason? I, I well. Obviously, he, he just did not do well in, in in the New England game. You know, he he looked out of his depth in that game, and I think D'Amico was right to do what he did. You know, he, he kind of pulled him early, 
earlier than he probably would have wanted to. I think he would have liked to have seen more of him. But he probably knew that by keeping him in that situation, the damage that could have been done to his confidence. And I know these 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 college kids and that are like super high on confidence, but if these guys start getting like the yips in early, it, it can be impactful down the road. So I think D'Amico did the right thing, taking him out. And it's almost like, take a breath, you know, it's okay. We'll go again next week. Because, well, what was it, like 15 yards or something in the first game? Uh, two out of three attempts or it was and an interception, you know. It, was, it, was, it wasn't worth reading, but I think he bounced back uh, against Miami. He he certainly played better. Um, he looked more composed, but whether or not that's because he had like Tunzel, you know, he didn't have the same starting offensive line. I don't think, and I think New England was there was no Tunzel in that, so he had more of the the bigger guys, the more starters, and that. Obviously, Titus Howard's still not on that right side, you know, out with the hand. But he looked more comfortable with the, with the starters in. So I think that he he did play better. He could have played even better. But let's not let's look at the two games as a whole. And there was a a marked improvement from the New England game, in my opinion. It was from from just the two like the two samples. It was marked improvement. It was far better. He he looked a better quarterback there, but let's see what happens against the Saints. Um, they're not going to get a look at him this week because we cancelled our um, joint training and practice this week, and I think that was pretty clever on the part of both well both teams probably because we're playing each other in the season. So how much tape do you want of each other? You know when it comes down to it. So I think it'll be better that they won't get a look at him. I think Miami might have gotten a good look at him as well and, and maybe some of what we were going to try. And that tra- they translated it better to the game than we did. But I think there was a marked improvement. There's still a long way to go. You know, S- some of these guys take a bit longer to get up to speed in the NFL. It's just, it is a different speed to the college game. So I'm not going to be too hard on him because obviously he's going to have a lot on his shoulders being the number two pick. But I think he's got a good QB room behind him that will help him like make more of a transition. You know, Davis Mills has been doing well in training camp from all respective purposes. So he's obviously still wanting his old job. You know, you've got a, a journeyman in Case Keenum at the back of that. So he's got good QBs that are probably pushing him, but... I think you'll be better next week. I think you'll see a more confident CJ next week, even more so after what he managed to do because they gave him the whole half against Miami. You know, for, for limiting him, excuse me, for giving him such a limit in the New England game to then giving him the whole half, that's D'Amico telling him, I've got confidence in you. And that that two moves alone can can springboard some guys and I think it'll probably springboard CJ you know he knows he's got the backing of his coach so I'm not I'm not too worried yet ask me again at week 17 <laughs> yeah that'll be the big test but even that even if he struggles in, in this rookie year I mean how many good callbacks do well now in FSG I mean 
Mahomes didn't even play his first year. Joe Burrow did play and look good, but then he got injured. You know, Peyton Manning infam- infamously had a bad rookie year. Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you know, six-win season in his rookie year, or his first year starting, I should say. Um, so I think, I think, yeah, there's definitely, I think the social media age, there's definitely a tendency to like a lot quicker. I think there's definitely mm-hmm. more keyboard warriors out there. Obviously, there wasn't Twitter and all that back in the 2000s or when Manning first came in. So I think, I think he's time. I mean, even now, Josh Allen wasn't great in his first year. Two yeah. question mark about his health. But when he did play last year, he was much improved from his first two years. So I think even if Stroud does struggle, which I, I can see him potentially doing because it's not a complete team yet, uh, I don't think even then you should write him off because it is solely on and you've got to learn the playbook, got to get used to all different things. So I think, I think yeah, and especially when you've got your head coaches defensive-minded, it's going to be harder in that sense as well. But when you've got someone like Damian Pierce to hand the ball off to, I think you... um you'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know. So, and also, like, for the way we drafted, we're taking Juice. Juice is obviously the centre, I think, that we're going to run with this year because he's, I think he's more attuned to the run game. So, that just builds on our strength because Damien Pierce was an absolute monster last year. So, if anything, CJ can, like you say, ride the coattails of that and find opportunities within that um, run heavy offense if that's the way we want to play it. Um, so I think he'll be okay. And you're right, some of these guys struggle so much in their first years and we are on the clock all the time, as they say, when it comes to how we expect greatness like right away. You know, nobody's patient anymore. So you need to give these guys time. And I'm willing to do that. I'm quite a patient guy. You know, I've not been hammering the Texans too much about not winning a Super Bowl in the time I've been supporting them. So, you know, you've got to be patient. Good things are coming to those who wait. Exactly. Unless you're a Lions fan, then you will be waiting until you're dead. Right, let's head to the final section, which is going to be our win-loss-tie section. So, for those listening at home who haven't heard my podcast yet, I ask every fan to predict their team's record by going through each game and answering with a win-loss-tie record. Now, Graham, you came on last year. Do you remember what your record prediction was at all from last year? Oh, I, pro- I probably had an eight-win season. You did. You had eight, eight, and one. And, of course, you finished 33-13-1. So, you had the tie, right? Which... You know, when people predict ties, it's like, oh, that's a bold prediction. But you actually predicted the tie, which is, um, I don't know whether it was the same game or not, but I know you, the record here shows you had a um, prediction of tie in, in that one in that one game. Yeah. I can't remember what one I thought would be tie, but it probably wasn't that one in the end. <laughs> I mean, I have to go back and find it, because if it is the exact same game, I have to, like, put on social media or something, because that would be, be a crazy... Um, Spooky prediction if you got that tie right as well. That'd be incredible. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you got what, eight wins and you won three, it's uh, that'll, that'll be quite quite crazy. Um, but it doesn't start the easiest way. Um, you're on the road to the Baltimore Ravens. Win, loss, or tie? I think loss on the road. Very good Ravens team this year, I think. Interesting, interesting. And then week two is your first home game of the season. It's to the Indianapolis Colts. I think we're going to win that. You know, yep, I think we're going to win it. Colts, I don't think it was strong this year, and I think the crowd's going to be energised 
for the first home game. Yeah, that's a good good point. Uh, week three is on the road, this time to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think Jags much improved. I think that'll be a loss away. They they've been getting they've been getting tricky good. So Okay. And speaking of getting tricky good, Pittsburgh Steelers in week four at home. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a a win. Okay. He's back. JJ's he... back at that game. Oh, is he doing his um is he doing his ring of honor he's doing? Yeah, JJ's yeah. home. Sellout. It's already sold out. I'm That's... I'm going to that game and the ticket prices are getting mental. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, God. So... That seems like a lot to me, especially with the Steelers, who notoriously don't start off the best, especially in recent years. They have they tend to get good towards the end. So I think you're going to play the Steelers. You want to play them early on in the season, so I think that's a perfect chance. That'd be a great, a great spectacle I imagine to go to. Seeing JJ Watt getting honoured, um, you know, you're you're best of a player by a mile, I think, in your in your franchise history. So yeah, that'll be that'll be someday. Yeah. Um, not on prime time, sadly, but still, that'd be great for you guys. Um, week five is on the road to the Atlanta Falcons. Bear in mind, it's the week after they played in London. Yeah, I'm going for a win for us. Okay. And then also you that one. You're going to that one as well? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's actually not too bad. When I met you, I went to Atlanta after Houston. So, um, yeah, it's not too bad. I think it was like a hour or two flight, I want to say, we took to Atlanta. Yeah, so. Quite a quick journey. Um, great stage. Have you been to that stadium before? Yeah, that was that was the the Super Bowl that I went. to. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. 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 So I'm looking forward to seeing it with a bit more meaning. I for personally meaning. Yeah. It was it was a great great opportunity in that. But you know the Texans weren't there, so we'll we'll see how it is when it's a Texans house. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned that Saints game in Week Six. You're up against the Saints at home. I think we'll lose to the Saints in that one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, week seven is a bye week, so week eight is a road game to the Carolina Panthers. I think it's going to be another loss back to back. So back because oh, that's talking back to back. That's back to back picks in the draft this year. They got the first yeah. overall pick and second overall pick. So that should be and cause their their friends from school. Is it school or college? Their friends from no, it must be high school. Yeah. So that's going to be a. A good day for everyone involved. Um, week yep. nine is a home game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think we're going to... I think that's a win for the Texans. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll win that one. So week 10 uh, is probably your hardest game so far on paper. Uh, on the road to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I've got that as a loss. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I think they'll be one of the best teams this year, so I, I can see that. Um, you're going from one of the best teams this year to probably one of the worst teams on paper this year. In the Arizona Cardinals at home. Yeah, I think we'll win. I think we'll beat the Cardinals. Okay, so then week 12 is another AFC South matchup, uh, this time at home to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I think we're going to beat them in the, the return leg. Oh, so, you'll, uh, so you'll, you played yeah. them, of course, week three. Uh, so, yeah, you got the win there. So that means you're... Going from five to five to six and five in week twelve. It's not a bad start. I think you take that. I think most Texans fans would would take a six and five start. Um, but in week thirteen, um, against Denver Broncos at home, it's a loss. I think. Okay. Although that it's uh, yeah, it's that's one of that ones that's up in the air. But I think it's going to be one of that teams that just 
has our number for some reason. I've seen it before with, with, with like the Broncos when they're not at their, their best. They've still managed to beat us. I, I think there's certain teams that have these teams and it sounds like the Broncos are, are one of yours. Um, week 14 is on the road, the New York Jets. I think that's a loss as well. Yeah, I mean that'll be one of that'll be good this year. I think I'm I'm definitely buying into the Jets hype going into this year. Mm-hmm. Um, week fifteen is on the road to the Tennessee Titans. When I when I was thinking about this one earlier, I had it bracketed for a win, but I don't know that Titans away man. The it's a tough place to go, so I'm going to put a loss. I'm not going to get greedy. <laughs> um, but next one is one that I reckon. It's kind of time of year now where actually I think it's one of the best years we're having for NFL action due to the time of year Christmas is in terms of day of the week because Boxing Day, no, it's not Boxing Day, Christmas Eve, you've got a game at 12 p.m. Eastern and that'll be um, 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve for the UK fans against the Browns and a Deshaun Watson uh, Deshaun Watson Bowl, we, could, we should call it. Yeah, I think we're going to win that one. Yeah. Um, I should be at that one as well. Oh really? With that one, see, there for Christmas time then. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's um, that'll be amazing. I'm hoping it gets six. I'm hoping it gets six. Oh, what six games this year? Yeah. Oh, amazing! Be, if you can do that, that'll be amazing. That's um, doing eight or nine home games this year, but that's pretty much over half, definitely over half of, of your all your home games. That's pretty much all of them. Yeah. Pretty much only two or three off. So that's, that's pretty good going. Yeah. So I'm normally quite, I, I can be good luck some years. Some years I'm just thinking luck. So hopefully this is a good luck year. So well, yeah, I think we'll beat them. I was saying before that I am, um, I'm owing four Dolphins games. <laughs> and I'm, I would hate to see my record. Oh, I, 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 would, I, would, I would like to see it there. I reckon that's, you should do that for me. That's your homework for this week. You're trying to find me your overall record. At I'll, I'll, I'll try and look back at them all. Um, yeah, because I've been there for some pretty horrible years. <laughs> well, for me, I've, I'm seeing play the Eagles this year. I'm potentially the Chiefs. I'm that's sort of up in the air at the moment. Um, so I'll probably be zero and six by the time the season ends <laughs> at live Dolphins <laughs> games, even even in Germany if I go to that one. Um, yeah. now another one that's good for UK fans. New Year's Eve, twelve p.m. Eastern, six p.m. in the UK. Um, at home to the Titans. I think we'll win that. Okay, so that means you're going to your final week of the season with a 9-7 record going into the final game, which is on the road to the Indianapolis Colts. So last year we should have lost this game, but we won it. This year we'll want to win it and we'll lose it. So I'm going to say we're going to get beat in Indy. I like that very much. So in total then, um, looking at your record, you finish with 9-8. Just to correct, this part of the episode is actually 8 and 9 rather than 9 and 8. So that means, you, because you are currently uh, our 22nd guest on the show and our, our 21st team, so you are currently our joint joint fifth or sixth least optimistic fan. <laughs> there we go. You know, yeah, I, didn't, I couldn't even win that. <laughs> um, but that is where we'll end the show today but thank you Graham for coming on first of all no, th- thanks for always asking me on and stuff it's always a blast having a chat
Always good having you on, mate. And you're always welcome during any time this season and, of course, as the years go on. So, yeah, great having you on. But in the meantime, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast, and we'll see you for our next season preview, which will be the Dallas Cowboys. See you then. Mm-hmm.